Hello, and welcome back to the ASAP Weekly Age of Empires podcast. I'm your host, Robert, and I'm joined today by Matt. How's it going, Matt? Hey, Robert. I'm uh, doing great. Great to be back. Yes. Uh, second episode uh, with you, and um, I think it's actually funny. I was on with Chris last week, and I'd mentioned that I'd probably only do one Age of Empires 3 episode. Uh but you know, I'm I may I may have uh, actually changed my mind a little bit because we played a little more Age of Empires the last two weeks. Um, regardless, yep. this is Age of Empires three, Matt. Today, uh, so how do you feel about talking about that? <laughs> That's right. Um, well, Age Age three is uh, is near and dear to my heart. I don't enjoy it as much as Age two, but uh, I I do like talking about it. So, uh, yeah. Again, thanks for for having me on. It's a pleasure. It was a lot of fun last time. I, that's great to hear. So yeah, uh, we're going to get right into things. The first two things that we're going to discuss, I'm going to first discuss the Japanese Civ that I've been playing, um, and then we're going to go into the USA Civ, the new Civ that I know you, Matt, have been trying out, right? Yeah, I've been messing around with the USA Civ for a little bit, so... Hope, hopefully you'll have some good insights uh, for us in the future. Um, yeah, so the first thing I wanted to mention is, so I, I've been probably exclusively only playing the Japanese civilization in Age of Empires 3. Um, and at first, I really didn't get it because I just kind of randomly chose it. Um, but now that I've played it you know, a couple times, I'm really, really starting to enjoy the mechanics. Uh, I think it actually simplifies the game in many ways because um, your houses that kind of, instead of worrying about like gathering food, um, you just kind of build more houses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh so yeah what do you feel about that kind of mechanic that the japanese civilization has well i think i think this is true of all the asian civs um they are uh, maybe to a lesser degree the indians I, I find the indians are a little closer to the european civilizations but certainly with japanese and chinese uh there's quite a few there are quite a few differences in, in how they play and I, I think japanese in particular is a little bit wonky if you um, if you're just diving into the game with them, or if you're familiar with another sieve. Um, yeah, like you said, they're they're houses. They're called shrines. They gather food for you, um, which is which is great. It certainly, sort of, uh, you know, you don't have to to worry about the headache of hunting deer or other animals and and pushing them towards your town center and stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, you have a cherry orchard. You put your villagers on there. You have some houses, and the the, the animals come to you, and you don't you're get housed because you're building those houses to get exactly. More resources. That's the thing. That's the thing. You don't have to go out of your way because you're building houses. You have to build houses anyway. So if those houses can give you resources, that's fantastic. I I just think it's so clever how it's it's essentially um, it's very intuitive, and once you kind of get it, you're like, oh no, this is this is way easier. I can actually just focus on everything else. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so it took me a while to get to that point, but I just kind of wanted to mention it right off the bat that I think I really like the design of, of the Japanese civilization in this game. I would actually um, also maybe you know venture to say, and I'll probably talk about this a little bit uh, in in kind of our, our second portion of the show, um, where we're going to talk a little bit about the game design of AOE three. Um, but this is the kind of I guess RTS experience that I think might maybe you know maybe still a little complex in the sense that i think if you 
have no RTS experience, there's still a lot of new stuff that's kind of being thrown at you because you have the console, you have like you can yeah. hire ninjas, like you know, there's yeah. there's there's a lot of other stuff that I think you know is in addition to it that that could make the uh, too complex. But I think the base kind of economy gathering is really really intuitive um, and simple and very accessible to new players. So I really like that part of it. Um, and I think it gets you to kind of the more fun part of, of you know, go, engaging in skirmishes and battles. Um, but we'll, we'll get to that, I think, in the second portion of the show when we talk a little bit about AOE 3 yeah, design. For sure. um, let's get into your kind of work section, um, and we'll probably take a little more time because I want to know a little bit more. You, you told me that I think that the United States, which they've just added to the game, um, you've told me that this Civ plays a little bit differently. Can you explain to me how it does so? Sure. Um, so yeah, like you like you mentioned, the U.S. is a, a brand new sieve. Um, they actually had a, a challenge going. I don't know if it's still ongoing, but I did the challenge where uh, every day you you do sort of fifty challenges, and then uh, you progress. And once you've completed all fifty challenges, one for each U.S. state, um, you unlock the civilization itself, and it's free that way. Um, I think. You know, I've played a few games with the U.S. Um, they are a European Civ um, at their heart, but they have some very interesting mechanics that make them play in some ways not at all like um, or, European or, or less so like European Civs. I, I don't want to say a lot. You know, they, they still they're still a European Civ. Um, so maybe the first thing I'll say is. Um, they still have a lot of the same buildings that uh, players who are used to, to European civs have. Um, so, you know, they still have houses, markets, um, you have your dock, your, uh, your barracks, your stable, your livestock pen, all these things, your arsenal, all these things are still, are still there. Um, you have a brand new building. Uh, it replaces the capital um, for other European civs. So the capital is an age five building that gives you a lot of really powerful, uh, but expensive upgrades um, for the late game. Uh, the state capital is, uh, it comes earlier for the US and you can build two of them. There's a build limit of two. So they come in the fortress age, actually, age okay. three. Mm -hmm. And they give you some interesting uh, upgrades sort of right off the bat. And then, you know, further into the industrial age and finally into the imperial age. Um, what the state capital also does is that it actually creates wagons for you. So um, as an example, you can build an estate wagon. Uh, so estate is typically 600 wood and you would need to task villagers to build it before they can start gathering from it. Well, if you have a state capital, you can, you can buy the wagon, the estate wagon still for, for 600 wood. So mm -hmm. it's the same cost and it's a, it's a slow moving uh, unit but it can get to its destination. It can unpack, it builds the estate super quickly. And then you can task villagers to the estate. You're not wasting any time on building uh, that estate, which is interesting. Um, and like I said, you can build two of these so you can have um, sort of multiple wagons or, or upgrades going at once. Um, another interesting sort of feature of about yep. the US is that, um, uh, your your explorer, who's called a general, he can actually build forts. Um, Interesting. Okay. Yeah, okay. That's already yeah, that so, intrigues me. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I've done it in a game, and I remember just sort of I tasked him to build it, and I kind of forgot about it. 
And then I came back like minutes later and, and he wasn't even done. So, so the build time is super long. Um, but the, there's a, I don't know, there's an upper limit. There must be an upper limit, but it's, it's, uh, it's not just shipments that can be ports as the U S. Um, I, well, I, you know, I, I, you know, speaking of the upper limit, I, I think maybe because the build time is so long that it's, it's actually not as what's the word. Like, I, I don't think it's like a really cool mechanic if you can kind of plant it down without anyone noticing, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I think the fact that it takes forever to build sort of balances it out because forts are, are pretty good. And if you can get multiple forts, then that that gets that can get pretty obnoxious. Um, okay, so those are the, the, the kind of the main things that you're seeing. Is there anything else that was quite intriguing for you for this for you? Yeah, I, I would say the last thing and probably the biggest change is um the way they age up so mm. the us or you know most the european civs have politicians when you age up you choose uh one of a few uh, different politicians that gives you some kind of bonus as you age up well the us don't have politicians instead they have states they have us states so as you age up you can add states to your union and so mm. um <laughs> that's kind of fun yeah, it's it's interesting because along with giving you some immediate bonus for aging up, um, each state also give also gives you two federal cards. Okay, okay. so um, it's like a card that goes in your deck. It can be used in any age, and so playing as the U.S. is almost like a build your own deck in a way as you're as you're playing the game as the game goes on you can add cards to your deck and it's uh it's really quite fascinating like there's some states that are very uh, navy focused um there's some that are very sort of aggressive some that are very economy focused um so that's Wait, really you, interesting and if, you still create a deck beforehand right uh, yeah absolutely you still have a deck um i th i think i think the deck size is smaller uh, if mm. I remember correctly. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm looking right now. So the deck size is 20 instead of 25 cards. So you have a smaller deck. But as you play the game, every age you're going to get two additional cards, which is nice. So you'll actually have more then, right? That's yeah. Fine. So if you go th all, through all the ages in age five, you should have more cards than other players. More cards means more options, which is always great. Yeah, no, th that sounds amazing. And it, it's... I like how you're saying that it's it's uh you can have like things that are maybe helpful in certain situations depending on the map. So like if you go into the map kind of uh especially if it's a random map and then all of a sudden you're the states, there there might be some nice situations if it's a naval battle or otherwise that you can kind of choose the states. Um how many wait, so you said there is I guess there's five different states you can choose in the ages? Is that is that correct? Am I getting that right? Uh I believe there are five. I don't quite remember off the top of my head, but Mm -hmm. From memory, there are five. Yes. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Um, and yeah, no, I, I think I think that's actually really intriguing. I don't see this is. I mean, this is good, and it's good in the sense that I think it, it definitely gives it a different flavor, right? There's a, there's some nice little flavor things that I'm seeing from yeah. this. Um, but I don't think from what you're saying, at least what you're saying is like if you play any of the European civs in this game, you you should be fine playing the united states of yeah it it's all sort of very familiar um but at the same time um you know we, we talked about 
last time I, I was on, we talked about how it can be a bit of a headache for a new player when when they're aging up to choose a, a politician to age up with. Um, I mean, I think it's, that's it's certainly... not like it's 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 only annoying if like here's the reality, okay? If you're a new player and you see that like five options to choose from. You're gonna spend the next five minutes just like reading through it, you know. Yeah. Mid game. That's my only. That's my only qualm with it. If, if that makes sense. Yeah. Well, I think the U.S. sort of takes that to another level. So, um, like I said, I've only played a handful of games with the U.S. and of course I haven't tried every, you know, every state, every combination of cards or anything like that. But there's quite a bit of reading because you get an immediate bonus and you get, um, and you get two cards. And now you have to think, okay, hmm, how do these cards synergize with? my current strategy and the deck that I've built before the game. And so it's, it's pretty uh, cerebral. Regardless. I think, I think if you're kind of used to playing the Civ after a certain amount of time, you kind of know, you'll probably know all this like situations, which state you're choosing. Like you'll know ahead yeah. of time what everything does. Right. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like I think in uh, aging up to the industrial age, I think one of the States gives you a card that just gives you a factory wagon. So that's like, I, I think I've taken that every time I've played the game because, you know, Factory Wagon, what's not to love? Um, <laughs> but some things you can immediately sort of discard, right? Like there's one, if you're on a land map and you see like water bonuses, you, you don't even read it. So, you know, it's, 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 not, it's not bad. Like I'm, I'm not complaining by, you know, in, in any sense of the, the word, but um, there's a little bit of thinking involved playing the US, I think. Yeah, and I, I think, you know, I... I... I'm sure you you and I both know that the actual you know player base for Age of Empires three is probably a little bit lower than than Age of Empires two, um, but I think it's nice that the developers are still kind of supporting this game. Uh, I yeah. think I think there is a I think there what I've discovered over these last two weeks is I think there's a lot more to Age of Empires three than I that I didn't really see before. Um, and it's perhaps just my familiarity with a- AOE two, right? I um, mm-hmm. I finally got to a point where I could like play AOE two without having to think too much. So uh, switching to AOE three, where I have to like relearn a whole RTS when it's you know later in the day is not something I necessarily want to do. Uh, but um, yeah, let's talk about it. let's talk about Age of Empires three and essentially its design. And I think. My first impressions of Age of Empires three, when you have like the deck and the you know the capital and the shipments and this extra kind of experience resource, it I think it's a it's a lot of awesome complexity that that is takes too long to understand if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's one of my my major kind of you know drawbacks is I think there is too many sieves and like you know going from Age of Empires two you're more like oh there's like thirty two sieves it's like no well yes and no <laughs> exactly or sorry uh, thirty plus forty plus I don't know uh sieves in thirty nine I think thirty nine okay wow All right, so I, I'm gonna yeah, you're gonna keep correcting me on that every every time we uh, I think I, I don't I don't know that off the top of my head but I think that's where we're at and they keep adding regardless. Me on, so a lot um but you know there there a lot of them are reskin or maybe not reskins but they're they're kind of the same ideas right a lot of the basic things are very very similar mm-hmm. uh with this game i feel like when it comes to different civilizations they went further right there's a lot more differential between the civs and i think that's a good thing absolutely um but and it's like it's tough like i i don't think you know like like being like uh okay we're gonna have you know four sieves in the game and they're just like 
you know uh the continents like i don't i don't know if that i don't know if that's necessarily the solution um but i think it I think it makes it more accessible to new players, right? And I'm not talking specifically AOE 3, right? Like, I know I'm going to talk about AOE 3, but I think this is RTS in general. I think one of the troubling things for me when I when I first picked up this game is I had no... I had, like, really no inkling until I kind of chose the Civ and tried it out how exactly to play it. And then um, and then it's like, oh, there's all these, like, little complexity complexities that are really fascinating and are great, like, design-wise, flavor-wise. Um, but it can be overwhelming, right? Uh, I, I think that's one of the reasons yeah. that AOE 2 I think there's a lot to learn in AOE 2 but once you kind of get it, right, you can play most of the civs, right? You don't, you're not really confused, if that makes sense. Exactly. I think, yeah, like you said Age of Empires 2 the civs are all pretty much the same. I mean, there, there are a few differences like the there's uh, significant matchup differences, don't get me wrong, but yeah. I think the translatable like you're not completely playing the whole game differently just because of certain sips. And I know you're gonna argue, exactly. okay, there's some exception to this, blah blah blah. But like compared to AoE three, let's let's put it that way, right? Compared to compared to some of the differences in AoE three, uh between the sips and AoE two, I think AoE three has significant more differences, and it's perhaps because of all these like complex, you know, additional layers like uh, the capital shipments and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I think that once you sort of learn Age of Empires two, um, the you know the, the principles don't really change. I mean, yeah, you'll have a, a weird start if you're Chinese and, and you're not used to playing Chinese because you have no food, but you have all these extra villagers. Um, but you know, generally, it's it's the same thing. Or you know, if you're like Aztecs or, or Mayans, you have to make do without cavalry for the whole game. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think Age of Empires 3 certainly went a lot further. And we talked about this a little bit uh, last time when we talked about Age of Empires 4 and, and the new announcement. Um, we talked about how the different cultures should, uh, or differences in cultures, I, I guess I should say, should reflect in the game in that, you know, Mongols uh, wouldn't play the same as, as you know, English, for example. And um, I, I, I mean, do... if you have Mongols sitting in castles, you know, and not like being uh, a nomadic people that took over like half the exactly, half the world, exactly. like you they know were... what I mean? <laughs> exactly, they were nomads. They lived on on horseback, uh, like pretty much their entire lives. And and so, you know, Age of Empires three reflects those kinds of differences, uh, which I, I really like. But they're also, um, you know, there, there's some shocking ones. Even you know, like Dutch. For example, I don't play Dutch, but your villagers cost coin, and that's just a completely different ball game because now you have to gather coin so that you're building villagers, but then you need 800 food to advance to the next stage. So it's uh, you know I, I don't I don't play Dutch probably for this reason actually I, I hate the fact that villagers cost coin. It <laughs> seems like it's it seems weird to me, but. Um, uh, you know, if, if, if you like Dutch and, and you're used to, to the opening and and stuff and, and you learn the, the play style, then, you know, that's that's great. And, and um, it's a real, it, it, there's a real difference and and it's a really unique sieve for that, um, for that reason. Mm-hmm. 
I'd like to add as well, and maybe this is one of the reasons that I that I'm I'm starting to have a greater appreciation for AoE three, is that it plays a little more. And I mean, this is obviously going way back to my nostalgia, like Battle for Miller Earth two. Um, and maybe that's just simplicity talking, but I think, um, I think this idea of like getting an army actually happens a lot faster with a lot less effort in AoE three. And I know there's a lot of AoE two players that might you know, think this is a bad thing, but I, I, and I've been arguing for this in the last, like, I guess, month of these shows, I think this is generally a good thing. If you can just get Mm -hmm. people to have an army to fight things, um, faster, it is a good thing. Um, and I, I know we disagree on this a little bit. I think you really like the economic part of it. Um, but I think for new players, the idea of just having this giant army, um, is, is good. Um, yeah. So, so, I mean, I, I'd like to mention that, I guess. And, Maybe we can talk a little bit about kind of some of the the units fighting against each other because this is probably one of the parts that I'm not quite used to yet. Right? Is kind of unit interactions in the game. Okay. Uh, yeah. Like, w- like I, from what I'm gathering, and this is only you know my sieve, I guess. Right. Um, the, the sorry, the Japanese sieve that I've been playing uh, is that essentially. Uh, you there, there's kind of like three big units all right this is this is entirely off of uh, anecdotal evidence of the, okay. the, the 10 games i've played okay but as, as a japanese civilization in aoe 3 actually let me make sure i get these uh um what's it called get these names right um so as a as a japanese civilization in aoe 3 um you have the yumi archer all right is good against like basic infantry so basics for soldiers with muskets all right mm-hmm. um and then you have uh the musketeer that's good against cavalry yeah and then i guess the cavalry kind of beats the archer that's my rock paper scissors guess now am i wrong about this <laughs> uh no that's broadly correct uh so you have <laughs> you have something called light infantry something called heavy infantry and then you have hand cavalry um so your yumi archer um is your your light infantry your light infantry yeah okay. so this is for european civs this is crossbows and um uh crossbowmen and uh later skirmishers um these these uh are units that are very fragile but they have a high range and they have bonus damage against heavy infantry so the, the next unit class is the heavy infantry this is your musketeer this is probably your most common unit uh and there are variations on the musketeer of course uh janissaries are the the ottoman unique unit which is like a a super powered musketeer this is sort of your i guess uh you know main sort of the bread and butter of your army i would say again depending on situations um and they have uh bonus damage against cavalry they also have a melee attack typically um yeah they switch into like pikes a lot of time yeah yeah like they'll have bayonets or something um to defeat hand cavalry and then hand cavalry are are fast and they hit hard um so they want to be attacking light infantry um that's sort of the basic rock paper scissors uh but then there's a few other units that that uh, enter into into this mess it could be a little bit confusing well i i think i think that's great because it it makes me feel like the game's more approachable if I think of it that way, right? There's mm-hmm. essentially 
kind of three main units I, I can just focus on especially as i'm learning the game and i actually really like that and then you kind of figure out later you, you might want to get like something like a flaming arrow or i guess it's just the um what's it called uh it's not it's not artillery well uh, cannons <laughs> right yeah, yeah some kind of, so some kind of uh aoe area of effect damage um, yeah, might be something that you work on after, but kind of understanding this means you can adjust and kind of see like what oh what is the opponent making a lot of oh they're just making your typical mus uh, musketeers okay well I'm gonna make my crossbowmen or my my archers in my in my example right mm-hmm. so I, I do like that there is that kind of rock paper scissors and then it gets a little more complicated. Um, that being yeah. said, it took me uh, you know. Longer than I would have liked to figure this out, but I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. I actually do like that there's this little thing that I can kind of connect to. Okay, as a general rule of thumb, that's correct. You know, sixty to seventy percent of the time, this is this is how I'm going to play the game. Yeah, uh, and, and so I, I do like that. I do think there's a lot of kind of core mechanics that that do shine in AOE three. Um, and there's another thing. Okay, actually, do do you have anything to say to that before I continue on with AOE three design here? Um. Yeah, maybe one thing I'll say, uh, for those who sort of like to really get into unit stats, if, if you select a unit uh, in its sort of unit card when you, where you can like issue commands and you see its stats, you actually see its bonus damage. Um, mm. So that helps you tell which unit gets bonus damage against what. Um, and yeah, like you said, that basic rock, paper, scissors thing, uh, it's true most of the time. Uh, I can't actually really think of any examples where it's not true. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, then like like you said, you have artillery that goes in there. And then artillery have their own kind of rock, paper, scissors thing going on because you have uh, falconets, uh, which are like your, your main sort of basic cannon. They beat infantry. But then you have your culverin, which is uh, weak against infantry, and it it's strong against other artillery. So if your opponent's making a lot of artillery, you now you make culverins because they have longer range. They can outrange falconets and, and defeat them. There's there's other triangles or squares or or you know pentagons or hexagons. Being yeah, created. exactly. <laughs> and then you have like ranged archers which defeat. Uh, sorry, ranged uh, cavalry which defeat hand cavalry. So you know there's there's a bit of sort of uh, it's it's a bit of a learning curve. And I guess one one last thing I'll say on that is that. Um, it's it's a lot less intuitive, I find. Uh, hmm. uh, you know, in in sort of medieval games, everyone knows that you know you use pikes to beat cavalry, you use archers to beat infantry, and you use cavalry to beat archers. That's sort of universal, pretty much in every game, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, in Age of Empires three, you're now in the age of gunpowder, and you don't have the same kinds of, I mean, there's still pikemen, there's still archers, but there's so many of these other units and it can be a little bit confusing. I know I was confused for a long time sort of learning the game. No, I think that's very fair. I think that's very fair. I think, I think kind of knowing intuitively, okay, what I should choose uh, is, is a little harder. Although I would argue that in AOE 2, it can be kind of hard sometimes. Uh, yeah. Then you get certain matchups, like you're kind of like, so skirmishers beat archers like that seems intuitive but is it actually that intuitive yeah well yeah i mean exactly you have to look at you have to look at stats and um 
I, at least they have the art of war thing so that kind of like explain like lays it out for you if you do the art of war kind of skirmishes in that game um yeah but yeah no aoe 3 i think is i think the reason that a lot of people go back to aoe 2 um is that there is a certain comfort to the kind of the play style right um, mm-hmm. And maybe perhaps there's certain things that you enjoy. You, you enjoy kind of this build a, a hundred villagers style of game, right? Maybe yeah. you enjoy kind of the economic buildup in the buildings. Um, even the layout. I can I, I can even see a lot of people might enjoy the style, like the art style and the layout of the game, perhaps. That might be a big thing why a lot of people choose AOE 2. Um, and I think the ultimate reason why I am really enjoying playing AOE 3 at the moment uh, is because of the fact I think I've realized that it plays a lot more like StarCraft than I had originally thought. Um, okay. Yeah. What I mean by that is the resources are essentially really accessible. Um, unlike AoE 2, where a lot of the time you are very much going all over the place, um, it feels like AoE 3, you know, you kind of just mine wherever. <laughs> like, like, yeah. It, they're, they're, it, it's very much just like send villager to work and then I don't have to worry about the villager, right? Uh, exactly. And so, so you know, that's already a thing. You know, what it, it has the feeling of more modern RTS. Now, um, I think that might be actually where, where it breaks, right? Where, where because it feels a little more like newer RTSs, um, I think that's why there's such a big pull for a lot of people to go back to AoE 2. Because if you like the style of AoE 2 and then, you know, you didn't like the newer version, the newer editions, this kind of like easy mining mechanic, right? Mm-hmm. And StarCraft or, you know, then you're like, no, I, I want to make sure I, you know, I'm very efficient with all with all the different types of resources. I want all the resources to be these more difficult things, the more realistic in some ways to mine, right? I don't want them just to kind of be laying outside my base. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, so I think... Uh, yeah, I think I think there's a certain charm. Um, I think another thing that I've really enjoyed about AoE three is the fact that now I feel, I, I don't know if now that I've played a couple games that have a Civ that I'm very comfortable with, I feel like it's, it's more. I don't want to say enjoyable, but like it doesn't feel like as big as a commitment. If that makes sense. Okay. Uh, to yeah. Play play a game um because i think sometimes in aoe 2 and this is i mean this is you know mostly my problem right let, 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 i'm not going to blame the games particularly but there when i play game when i'm playing aoe 2 it feels like i'm like trying to hit you know every every farm every uh every moment perfectly right and that perhaps that's just because in that game i have that mentality or perhaps it's just the style of the game where it's like okay build the house here and i have to perfectly uh, micro your board and get your board near the town center right there, there's kind of that style that that is more intensive just yeah. to get your economy running right you're doing a million things with yeah. aoe 3 it's like oh no let me focus on moving my troops around right and i i personally prefer kind of troop movement and and setting up you know uh kind of thinking about okay how am i going to outmaneuver them um i don't know how i feel about the battles in aoe 3 yet um just because you know i only have so much experience so a lot of times when i lose or when i win i, I really it's like, did I just build more stuff or was there other stuff I could have done? Is the stuff I can't answer yet. And perhaps that's just uh, ignorance. Um, so perhaps if I, you know, play, put a hundred hours into it, I could really figure out and be like, okay, no, maybe, I, maybe I do like the AOE two battles more. Um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of where I'm at now. How about you with, with, uh, sorry, I, I said a lot. Um, 
No, no, I, I, I agree with, with pretty much everything you said. I think actually with, with everything you said, I, I can't think of anything I don't disagree with. Um, so yeah, I certainly think Age of Empires 3 is more geared towards, uh, sort of, like you said, troop movement and combat. There's an exploration, very much an exploration element because you have your explorer. I mean, it's, it's in his name <laughs> and, uh, you're gathering treasures and things like this. Um, your units train in blocks of up to five, uh, which speeds up army creation. So it's really geared towards sort of combat and early combat. Um, Age of Empires 2, by contrast, yeah, you know, you're, you're right. It, there is a much bigger base management and economy management aspect to the game. Um, I like that. Um, well, I, I, let me... Let me just add here while, while you're continuing your point with AOE two specifically, you are um, your base mechanical skill has to be significantly higher with AOE three. Yes. I feel like your base knowledge has to be higher. Well, maybe not higher. That That's what's stretched. <laughs> I don't know if necessarily higher, okay. but at the very least with AOE three, I feel like there's a lot of random complexities that you kind of have to learn. Right. Yeah. But, but that's the barrier of entry. While in AoE 2, the barrier of entry is, can I hit cockies? And can I use control groups? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's right. I think that's right. And uh, you mentioned sort of, uh, maybe without saying it explicitly, there's a certain sort of exhaustion um, that can set in with Age of Empires 2. You talked about commitment. Age of Empires 2 is certainly a commitment. It's mentally taxing, uh, I find, um, because mm -hmm. like you said, you have to be refreshing lumber camps and you have to be managing your economy. And there's four resources now, or four resources instead of three in, in Age of Empires 3. Um, your villagers are uh, less sort of efficient in some ways, or you have to, I guess, maybe that's the wrong way to put it. You have to devote more effort into making your villagers more efficient. Mm. Whereas, and so that that's like, you know, placement of mining camps and placement of, of lumber camps and stuff. Whereas Age of Empires 3 is just kind of like, okay, I'm going to, you know, box select these villagers and I need wood now. So I'm just going to click this tree and they're just going to go ahead. They don't have, you don't have to worry about drop off points or anything like that. You can set your, your gather point on your town center to, to, to the coin mine that's right outside your town center. And you can really focus a lot more attention on troop movement. And I certainly, um, I certainly understand the, the design philosophy about that or behind mm -hmm. that. Um, but yeah, I think what you said is, is definitely true. And, and the two games are quite different in, in a lot of ways. So why do you think, and this will probably be our last question for today. Why do you think the AOE three, doesn't have that same following as AoE2. Um, that's a difficult question. I don't know, but I can I can guess. Um, I would say <laughs> I would say maybe the first thing is that um, just kind of the, the setting. Uh, I think that 
and I, again, I, you know, this isn't always true. And I don't want to be generalizing here, but I think a lot of people really enjoy or romanticize uh, the Middle Ages. Um, people love the idea of, you know, a, a huge mass of knights in full plate, uh, you know, charging down, you know, like like foot soldiers, peasants or, or whatever, and, and, and archers behind stakes firing volleys in, into the enemy that it's it's very and you know and 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 battering rams and castles and and trebuchets and all this all this stuff it's it's really kind of um it, it's very sort of romanticized and i think that's true for a lot of people whereas once you enter the gunpowder age you know in europe as soon as the first sort of primitive cannons came along um you know they were able to smash apart stone walls pretty effectively and so castles pretty much fell out of favor castles were turned into sort of palaces and estates for for powerful lords and um and defensive fortifications had to be completely redesigned armor had to be completely redesigned you know full plate wasn't going to save you anymore from from um you know a wall of lead coming your way battle tactics had to be completely changed it's sort of a lot less um sort of epic in a way i mean there is epicness to it because you know you think about the napoleonic wars and stuff um but like a a wooden and earth sort of star-shaped fort that was the sort of default design for fortifications at the time it's, it's a lot less sort of interesting or romantic than like a castle with a moat <laughs> So I think the setting is really important. And of course, the Middle Ages ha has sort of a, a better setting for in, 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 that, um, in that situation. Um, I think the second thing... Game-wise, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I think secondly, um, Age of Empires 3 sort of deviated quite a bit um a lot actually from in terms of design um like uh you know home cities and shipments and explorers uh come to mind your your hero that, that you start with um the fact that there are treasures on the map that you're collecting um you know i, I like that but it's i don't know i i don't think people are, are massive fans of, of these things that were added into the game. Um, again, I, I don't, you know, I, I don't really know. I'm just, I'm just giving guesses here. And, and maybe the last thing, like I'm a campaign player. I love mm. campaigns and RTSs. Um, but the, the age of empires three campaigns are, are just kind of a disappointment. And I, I hate to say that, but I, I really didn't enjoy them. No, I think that's all very fair points. Yeah. And and I think, you know, I always think about this, like, a lot of people, for whatever reason, AoE 1, you know, there's some people that kept playing that game, but, but a lot of people switched to AoE 2, right? And it's because essentially AoE 2 is just a vast improvement over AoE 1, right? Like, if you mm -hmm. if you take into account, it's like, it is, it is a, AoE 1, I don't know, why am I saying 1? AoE uh, and AoE 2 um, are games that you can tell it's like this is the, the precursor to this game right um yeah. while with aoe 3 i think it's 
we need to redesign differently, which I think is fair. Um, but had they designed something that was more similar to AOE 2, um, except with like better graphics and maybe some of these additions, but they didn't go as wild, I think, you know, possibly, and this is just my theory here, that today AOE 3 would be the dominant game, right? If it was very similar overall, right? Maybe some quality of life changes, maybe they got rid of one of the resources, but it still played very similarly to AOE 2. I think it would have... Um, I, I think the audience for it would have been bigger. Now, that being said, mm-hmm. that's me saying that discounting the, the I guess, uh, the, unex- well, I don't know if unexpected is the word, but the kind of relative to the time uh, success of AOE 2, I'm kind of discounting that a little bit with the argument I made, right? Is I think that for whatever reason, the game stuck with a lot of people and it was at the right time and everyone was talking about it and everyone played it you know in that time period yeah um, and i i think that's something that i might be discounting a little bit uh but you know that's another thing right it's just when you get a certain player base and they're all playing this game it's it's a lot harder for them to kind of transition so i guess my argument is like if they made a game that was very similar just with like better graphics and, and maybe a couple changes but not, nothing too crazy perhaps all of the all the AOE2 players would have kind of went on to this new game um, but because it was so vastly different uh, I think I think that it opens you up to getting new players to to come in but it doesn't kind of keep those players that were playing AOE2 or, or transition those players that are playing AOE2 to AOE3 yeah I think that's exactly right I think you've really summed up um, the the problem with Age of Empires 3 that I think in the end it was a little is it a problem, far. though? <laughs> well, I, I mean, problem in terms of, you know, like I said, I, I like the game, but, um, you know, if you're trying to to make a successful game, um, Age of Empires 3 isn't as successful as Age of Empires 2, and I think you summed up exactly why. I think in the end, it was just a little bit too far removed from Age of Empires 2, and, and I think that hurt the the game. Um, like you said, it probably attracted a bunch of new players, but players who prefer two or who liked two just stuck with two and, and didn't really bother or maybe tried out three and thought, nah, this isn't for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of want to just look up the original AOE 3 release date. It was released in 2005. Okay. Yeah, it's um, <laughs> it's a lot longer ago than than you, you think yeah no but uh yeah no and, and i i i think everything we said makes sense i would even add though like i don't want to say before it's time because i don't think that's correct okay i think it would need significant changes um but had had it released five years later right mm-hmm. um just like now when you know we ha- we had all the battle royales and we have all these like fads right you have like all these like game genre fads of like oh we have mobas you know and now now we have battle royales and, like yeah. um what was it uh and then you have uh fall guys or for whatever reason right just just all these random games uh, becoming popular i think had it released after starcraft 2 um it probably would have had more success than it did at the time you think um, well, let, let me put it this way. I think AoE 3, right, it kind of tanked the studio, right, if, if I'm not mistaken. 
I'm not really sure about that. I don't know. Because the studio, the studio stopped after, but I don't know if that's because it wasn't successful or they spent more money than they should have on it. I, I don't know. You know, I, I need to actually look into that. That that might be a if I can ever get an interview on like, talking to some developers of AO3, that might be pretty cool. Um, to get yeah, that'd be sweet. That. Uh, but um, my theory is, you know, with a, with some major tweaks a year after StarCraft Two was released, um, I think the because I mean, like people don't remember the StarCraft Two boom, but like there's a two year period where essentially it was the game. Yeah, um, and there wasn't really any RTS that rivaled it. No, um, not even close. Not even close. And I think a game like this with some tweaks and some some graphics upgrades actually would have done significantly better. Um because then there'd be competition and I think it would be healthy. I think it'd be good. Mm-hmm. Um it'd be, you know, to make a comparison for some people might know, it'd, it'd be kind of like League of Legends and Dota and some that that's my theory at least anyway. Uh we're a podcast. We we kind of, you know, make theories with with some some reasoning, but not a lot of evidence to back it up because it's it's like, you know, release this game five years later like, as if that's gonna you know <laughs> yeah exactly. as if a company's gonna plan that to be like yeah we're gonna wait till the competition comes up with their second game 12 years after they made their first one how we're gonna plan that i don't know but but that's my argument is that because of how popular starcraft 2 was um i think if it released in 2011 it would have done significantly better um especially because it has a lot of kind of elements that are more similar to that 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 style of gameplay yeah, I think I think this is good. I think we'll end it here. Um, I hope I hope you enjoyed our talk in AOE three. Um, I said one episode. We might do a second episode, but I think I'm making no promises right now on AOE three at least. Um, we'll see. Though I I do enjoy it. I have been enjoying it the last two weeks, so I thought we'd do a show on it today. Um. Anyway, Matt, thank you for joining me. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it. And uh, to all of you, our listeners, thank you for listening so, so much and continuing to support us. If you, uh, yeah, if you want to help us grow, just let me know about the show. That's it. Uh, anyway, for myself, for Matt, uh, have a good one. And- Catch you later.